Welcome to Horrible Friends. We're a podcast and book club format. Today we have Terrified. Starting off, I'm Kyle. I'm Chris. I'm Mike. I'm Dan. And I'm Jarvis. And we will be talking about the history, the plot, the cinematography, special effects, sound and music, and our own take on a rating scale for this okay movie, Terrified. Starting off, Dan, what you got for the history? All right, so Terrified came out in 2017 at a festival, but didn't hit the theaters in Mexico until 2018. This is a Spanish movie uh, filmed in Argentina, uh, and it takes place in Buenos Aires, which is also where it's filmed. Um, the movie is written, directed, and the music is done by Demian Rugna. I'm very sorry if I said the name wrong. Um, I am a silly white boy. I'm very sorry. Uh, uncultured. Uh, uh, other movies that he's done, uh, there's a lot of things that I've never heard of on here, uh, but he seems fairly new. Um, I could also be incorrect about that. Sorry, I'm uncultured. Uh, so he's best known for doing The Sinister, You Don't Know Who You're Talking To, and Cursed Bastards. Again, these are all fairly recent movies, uh, from what I saw. Um... The cost of this, I couldn't find what the cost was. I searched for a while, um, which is like I, I searched for like 20 minutes, like trying to find it. And honestly, the movie was kind of hard to find things on. So um, I was happy with what I found. So I did find the box office numbers for this. Um, the movie, I, I'm going to say what the number is, but keep in mind that this didn't release uh, internationally. It was released in uh, Mexico and I think it was released in Argentina and like another country uh, but the US it it wasn't released in theaters so the box office was approximately 390,000 I think it was a little over that uh, the only place that it was released in the US was on Shutter and different streaming sites um as I always do I'm going to give you guys the 2017 horror movies so we have Mother, Jigsaw, Get Out, It, and of course, uh, Hand Glove itself, Gerald's Game. The runtime mm -hmm. on this on this bad boy is about 87 minutes. Uh, and if you are interested in watching this, you can watch it in a couple different places, but its primary spot is on Shudder. I found it on uh, Google Play if you want. So there's a couple different, I think Amazon Prime. Let's you watch it. I could be wrong on that one. Uh, yeah, the I did it on Prime, but you have to subscribe to either. You have to do like a seven day trial of either Shutter or AMC. So either way, and I think when this popped up, it said it was a Shutter original, so they must have acquired the yeah. rights to this movie or something. Yeah, in the U.S., that's where that's where it's at. Like they put it right to Shutter when it came here. Um, and we do have a nude clock for this. We got a very nice um demon butt that we have uh that mike was interested in so, mm -hmm. those, are, those are the best kinds of butts um the demon butts are the best kinds of butts right so at 1908 we see mike's demon butt and uh that's our nude clock so with that i'm gonna pass it over to chris who's gonna say i'm gonna pass it to dan for the plot 
Thank you, Dan. And I would now like to take this time to pass it right over to Dan to tell us the plot. Dan, what do you got for me? All right. Thanks, Chris. Anyway, so terrified. We're going to open up with Clara. Clara's washing the dishes. With that booty? Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, God. God, I was wondering how long it would take. I wasn't going to say it. The Uh, jeans in Argentina, people. Holy shit. That's (laughs) the Lord's work. They built those jeans around that ass. Yeah. Like, it was perfect. (laughs) Kyle, I basically had, like, the flashback of when we were watching the, like, remember the Mystery Science Theater with uh, Tia Carrera? (laughs) Oh, where they were mm-hmm. reading the credits, like, oh, Tia Carrera, we might have to pay attention. I was sitting there and I was like, <laughs> oh, I might have to pay attention. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. So, so she's washing dishes. She does have a very uh, big butt, uh, and her jeans are accentuating that. Um, and we honestly, we wouldn't point it out if the camera didn't focus so heavily on her butt. <laughs> I mean, like, it's no, it's no demon butt, but it is a butt. Mm-hmm. So. Um, she's washing dishes. Uh, she begins to hear things and she actually hears voices that are coming out of the drain as she's spraying, uh, water down. Um, I like that her method of cleaning the drain is all of our methods, which is wait, something's stuck. Let me just spray more water. Wait, is it still stuck? Let me just spray some more water. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yep. <laughs> yep. Keep going. Just keep going. It'll fix itself. So then her boyfriend. Uh, I assume boyfriend, partner of some type, Juan uh, enters and he tells this really, really weird story about this dog getting hit by a car and like laughing about it. And then he's like, aha, it survived. I mean, it seemed like it was the fondest memory he's ever had. <laughs> he was way yeah. too excited about telling the story and it was a, that dog. It was a shared memory with her. He was like, he was like, you remember that dog we hit? It's alive. It's fucking awesome. And I was like, okay. He's like, get the fuck out of here. That's crazy. They're so casual about it. <laughs> I mean, he is better than Stephen King. He didn't kill it. Uh, yep. That was the first thing I thought. I swear to God. I was like, oh, God, it's another Stephen King scenario, isn't it? And he's like, it's alive. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, little Phew. do we know, this could be some sort of foreshadowing to the, the general plot of the film. That's true. That's true. Which I didn't catch at first, but... Mm. Wow, okay, yeah, I didn't think about that. So, Clara Clara tells Juan that she's hearing voices, and she's like, I'm hearing things. I didn't cook dinner because I got freaked out, and I'm hearing things in the sink. And he's like, he walks over, he listens, he's like, I don't hear anything. It's probably just Walter, who's their neighbor, and saying that like Walter's been making a lot of noises because he's doing renovations on the house uh, next door. And she was like, no, no, no. I heard them say they want to kill me. So uh, we, yeah. we fast, we fast forward. Oh, does anyone want to say something? Oh, about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So real quick, a hey, uh, Dan, get your gloves up. Cause this is where we're going to start fighting here. Um, I, I, so I'm watching this with my wife, like, like I normally do. And she, uh, what was her name? The the character? Uh, Clara. Clara. When Clara says, oh, I couldn't cook because I heard voices. I looked at my wife and I said, if you ever say, as I walk in the room, that you couldn't cook because you heard voices, I am just going to lose it. You and Casper get your ass in that kitchen or you are finna join him. 
And then, <laughs> and, and then I'm just and then I'm just going over the different scenarios, and my wife is just like, "Oh, sorry, I couldn't fold the laundry. There's the go. There's a ghost in the dryer." So I had to put that shit down real quick. Yeah, I mean that that was his. He actually played it off pretty well. He was very upset in the movie. Oh, yeah. He was like, he's like, dinner's not done. You okay? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We can order food. <laughs> and I don't think that they did. I think they're like, that's eh, good to bed. It's fine. I'm going to take it from a different direction. I'm going to say that they, because Tiff and I have a, like, sometimes I'll cook if she works late and then she'll cook if I'm working and she's working from home. So I'm going to say that this was her time to cook and he got home and was excited to eat. And he was like, hell yeah, I'm going to eat some fucking spaghetti meatballs or something. I don't know what the fuck he's going to eat. And then, and then he gets home and there's no food. I would have been mad too. I'd have been like, what? All right, let's order some pizza. Let's go. Boom. Let's get that Chinese food. <laughs> what do you mean, ghosts? Sinister bubbles? Make me something to eat, woman. <laughs> Most surprised he didn't just go with, it's all right. You know, we'll order out with my money. <laughs> <laughs> so we... Seemingly fast forward, we're going to get a lot of these seemingly fast forward <laughs> and go back moments where they're very unclear, but we seemingly go forward and they are lying in bed. Clara wakes up because of nothing and she goes just instantly and runs into the shower. She just gets a shower. <laughs> She's just like, I'm dirty. <laughs> it was, I mean, I guess it was morning. They, they, they say that in a second, but like it. That was the fastest I've seen somebody get out of, uh, wake up, get out of bed, and go take a shower. I could not do that. The and only that's like a fifteen minute process for me. Correct. Drag myself out of bed. Oh yeah, she was super. She was like militantly objective about it. Like, no, I am. I will. I will take my my time. It is five a.m. I will now get up. I will now go shower. I'm showering. The only explanation that I could give was that this is actually just a movie based off of The Sims, and the, the creator <laughs> like clicked on her and was like, "Go get a shower." <laughs> fuck, fuck, sleeping, cancel that shit. <laughs> no woohoo for you. Go shower. And it is five a.m. They do say it's five a.m. So she gets a shower. Uh, Juan continues to sleep for a short period of time, and he starts hearing banging noise against the wall. And he's saying that it's Walter and he starts yelling at Walter. Um, and he's doing this for a little bit. He's trying to go back to sleep. He starts yelling again. Eventually, he goes outside and he starts yelling at Walter outside. Um, starts. He's very upset, as anyone would be. He's like cursing at him out in the street. He's pushing the button to call for him because it's kind of like the uh, think of like a an apartment in like a big city. I get to push the talk box. That's kind of what this is. So he pushes that. He hears someone come on. He's yelling at him saying, please stop. My God, what a beautiful language Spanish is. Uh, that's all I can think of <laughs> as he was talking. I was like, oh, please yell at me more. <laughs> <laughs> call me Walter, daddy, please. <laughs> yes, daddy, please. Oh, oh call me Walter. <laughs> Dude, his expression throughout the duration of that like exchange was like, the second my kids just don't shut up like that is me. Like he, <laughs> he was just so fucking pissed, just banging on the walls. Like I was like, yep, yep, no, I get it, man. I get it, hundred percent. So he he doesn't get a response from Walter, but he walks back inside. 
And as he goes back inside, he realizes that the banging in in like a double take fashion, like almost comedically, he's like, wait a second. It's not coming from the wall. It's coming from the bathroom. And he goes to the bathroom and we see Clara just floating above the the tub slamming against one wall slamming against another and there's blood all over the walls like where it just seems like that this is what's been going on this is what that knocking has been was was this actually the nude clock uh no she wasn't nude she she was wearing the same thing oh yes right she didn't actually get into the shower she just was fully clothed and then became demonically what I noticed happen was as soon as she closes the door, it starts. So whatever it was that was in there, as soon as that door closed, it grabbed her and it just started slamming her against the wall. A horrible way to wake that. up at that point. Yeah, terrible way, really. I'd be very upset. Didn't even have her coffee yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah. That's a rough way to go. The only issue I had with this scene was he he was totally unaffected by it for the first. Maybe it was just shock, I guess. But he was just watching her and he was like, well... This is it. And then eventually he was like, oh, this is actually sad, right? (laughs) (laughs) My guy literally twiddled his thumbs for nine seconds before giving an expression. If you if you zoom in on his body language, he is holding his hand center of this body and his thumbs are moving around. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, he's just like, huh? He was like watching an art piece pretty much. Just like, huh? Is that what that would look like? Okay. (laughs) <laughs> wow the message it's so spiritual oh right my wife ah! <laughs> it's so beautiful mike would you say that he walked in on his wife getting banged in the bathroom i guess you could say that yeah <laughs> that was a really good joke jarvis thank you i made it up all by myself it was it was good i appreciated it i think that's that was the, funny you know what let's close this podcast down that was the best joke that we're here <laughs> yep <laughs> bye everybody all right so let's flash forward two weeks seemingly (laughs) seamlessly uh we do not they never give us transitions they're just like okay now we're here so i had to like look into text to be like okay i guess we're two weeks forward um juan is i assume he's in an institution they don't really explain that either uh, but it looks like he is. And he's Police speaking, precinct, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, something. But he's speaking with three unknown people asking questions about the accident that happened over the past two weeks. They're set, they keep mentioning an accident, saying a similar thing happened in the United States. Uh, but they're very cryptic about it. And they ask him to explain what happened with this accident. And uh, Juan says that it began when Walter was remodeling his house at weird times of the night. And this is where we finally meet Walter. So we're going to cut to Walter. He's at his day job and he's trying to talk to Dr. Albrick about something cryptic. It sounds like she's a psychologist. We don't really get that information. Um, and he's just shut down time after time. He's like, I need help. And they're like, no. Try again later. And he's like, oh, oh, okay, I'll try again later. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah, they didn't want to help him at all. Yeah. Like, oh. But I need to talk to the doctor. Nah, she, like, she can't talk to you. But, but, but I need to. It's important. I'm going crazy. She's like, 
yeah, she she's not taking on new cases right now, so you kind of shit out of luck. The the one thing that I noticed the, the camera angle and a couple other items, I guess maybe the the shirt he was wearing or the outfit. I said this was Argentinian Jim from The Office. <laughs> wow! Yeah, no, that's good. That's oh, good. If he looked in the camera, yeah, I was awful. I was waiting for it. Like, the oh, face. you can't see me. Pan up. <laughs> now, what would Argentinian Dwight be? Ooh. I, I, I think, think it's Juan. Yeah, I no, I think we might meet him at the nude clock. Mm. <laughs> Maybe no, that's no. Mose. Exactly right. That's Mose. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to that Mose guy. Uh, so the doctor says they can't. It's not even a doctor. It's like the the executive assistant. She's like, nah, can't help you. Anyway, they hang up. He's like, I'll call back tomorrow. And we cut to Walter at night now. And another cut. And he is checking under the bed multiple times. He's like lifting, kind of like if you were a child, lifting up the covers, looking under the bed. He puts them down, looks under the bed again, puts them down, looks under the bed again, puts them down. And he gets up, goes and splashes some water on his face. Uh, and he goes back into the bedroom. By the way, he looks exhausted. Like this dude has not slept. So mm-hmm. let's let's throw that out there. Like when he goes to bed, he doesn't even get changed out of his jeans. He's exhausted. So he fixes no, his. I, this happens so many times. I, I can't forgive. I thought it was like, okay, maybe he's just tired. This night. He does it every single time he goes to bed. He just full clothed with jeans and boots. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you need the warm caress of jeans to help you fall asleep. I know I do. Nothing makes me feel secure like denim. I don't I know. I really do want to thank our sponsor, Sleep Jeans. <laughs> <laughs> the jeans you can sleep in. Dude, <laughs> like jeans. <laughs> like so we don't exactly know like what the threat is at this point but like obviously my dude hasn't mm-hmm. slept at his desk there's three styrofoam cups first mm-hmm. off really really not environmentally friendly like just get a mug just get a mug <laughs> but like if you have like this demonic force that you're like checking your bed every two seconds for throw on the office throw on anything throw on any sort of background noise like you're making it worse Mm-hmm. yeah that that's fair I, I but they did a good um they did a good job at, at trying to portray the fact that he hasn't slept in a bunch of days before he even said i haven't slept in a bunch of slept in a bunch of days uh by doing the coffee and the tired and the, it, was, it was pretty good oh yeah absolutely so he pushes his bed and it, it's like kind of askew so he pushes it just to like kind of line it back up at the wall um seamless thing that we all do and he lies down to go to sleep in his jeans and we see as he's lying down and closes his eyes, the bed moves back to be askew and the lights begin to flicker. So he wakes up in a panic and he looks under the bed because that's where his, it's like a lamp that's his light. So looks under the bed, the lamp was unplugged and he goes down, we see him plug it back in and it cuts back to his face and there's a greased up deaf guy behind him uh, and the feet <laughs> scurry away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna see you later now. Did that get anyone? Uh, no, that didn't get me. I was just like, oh, gross. Oh, yeah. And I just thought, who, what bills is he paying to run around naked in my goddamn house? <laughs> that part didn't yeah. get me, but this next part did. Um, so 
So he doesn't see the feet, but he just kind of like, I think he heard it running behind him and he freaks out and he throws the covers over his head. And now I'm triggered from being a kid mm-hmm. after, after watching horror movies and trying to throw like the blankets over my head to be safe. And all you see is just the shadow of the hand slowly pan over and then go to grab. And then we cut away from the scene. Yeah, that was really good. Scenes like this always get me because they are tense and just the fear of the unknown of what's outside that sheet because you can't bring yourself to see it. You hear footsteps going throughout the room. And like you said, just the shadow of the hand over the covers really builds a tenseness in this scene. So after the hand reaches over them, uh, we cut to the next morning and Walter's house is all kinds of jacked up. Everything's all stacked up. Everything's pushed all over the place. We don't know what happened to him after they reached on him, but like we do know that his room is booked up. Oh, he's remodeling. They were helping. They were his day laborers. <laughs> uh, night, night laborers. But yeah. yeah night no. laborers. Demons make shitty roommates, man. <laughs> like, like, how passive aggressive is that? Like, you're just running around the house naked. And you're just stacking all this shit in his side of the house. Like, stay over there. Yeah, it was very like a passive aggressive roommate. Like, oh, I found your lamp again in the living room. Here it is. It's in your room now. But Uh, lamps belong in the living room. I don't keep your lamp in your room. (laughs) Imagine having all the powers of like the afterlife. Like you have like all these demonic powers and you just... You just use them to be like really shitty and leave like post-it notes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I think a, a passive aggressive demon would be worse than like an actual haunt you demon. An active aggressive demon. <laughs> an active aggressive demon. Yeah. I mean, just the passive aggressiveness of a demon. Like, you know, I was going to haunt you today, but you know, you left your dishes in the sink. So... We can take care of that. We can get back to the haunting. I noticed. I noticed your hair looked really bad today, so I figured we'll just put it off. You should really. You should really do something about that. God, fuck you, demon. I was looking for a bowl, and it looks like they're all in the sink. Hmm. I feel like you guys. Well, now they're stacked in your bedroom. I feel like you guys have had a lot of uh, negative uh, roommate experiences. Mm-hmm. I've had my share. All right, so the next thing that happens is we get another seamless cut, and he's back in the office, and he's back talking, trying to get to Dr. Albrecht. But again, we're going to say that this executive assistant does not give a fuck about this dude, like, shuts him down. That's it for that. That's it. He gives up. He's like, okay, I guess I can't get help. And she's like, great, bye. And he says, okay, I'm going to go die now. So he goes back home, and he finds Juan. Uh, and Juan goes up to him and he talks to him. And I'll say Juan wasn't really being a jerk. He was just kind of being a neighbor and just like talking to him. He, he was like, dude, there's like a crack in my wall from all the remodeling that you're doing. And Walter's like, oh, OK, my bad. Sorry. Um, and um, I, I felt for Juan, mm-hmm. like, you, you know, there, there's like that neighbor sometimes that like, you know, they, they do things and it really annoys you. But you still have to be kind of cordial with him. I felt for Juan. Seems um, a little passive aggressive. Are we sure Juan <laughs> isn't a demon? <laughs> you know what? Every time that something passive aggressive happens, we know that that person's a demon. Yep. All right. So Juan, uh, not Juan, Walter 
goes back into his room. We get another seamless cut. Walter's back in his room and he's holding a camera and he's like, ah, I'll prove it to you, Dr. Albrick. Kind of acting a little crazy. And he sets the camera up in a way that it's pointing at his bed. And all of a sudden, we we skip ahead a little bit. I think he got to sleep a little mm-hmm. bit. And we see a shadow knock over the camera. And I, I got to say, the shadow was definitely making hand puppets. Did anyone, yes. did anyone see yes. that? Yeah, I, I definitely mm-hmm. said that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> are, we like sure? are we sure? Are we sure they were Oh, well, I mean, he was. He was using his hand. He was using his hand to play with his mm-hmm. puppet. Yeah, it, it could go a lot of directions, dude. This this—he's <laughs> just a shitty troll, man. Worst <laughs> ever. So the the shadow makes the hand puppets, and and then it's gone. And Walter gets up. He sees the camera fell over, and he checks the camera. And he sees the thing is watching him while he sleeps. And this is where we get Mike's butt. Yeah, my demon mm-hmm. butt. Best scene of the movie by far. But honestly, like when movies do use like video camera footage in the movie, it can either be done poorly or when it's overdone, it can be done poorly. But when it's just little snippets that give a little background of what we didn't see, the show like, the tense is a scene where he was being watched by this demon creature thing over his bed. I thought it was done really well. It was really cool, especially with the night vision. Yeah, I agree with that. And we, yeah, I'm- we've been playing a lot of uh, Phasmophobia, and this felt like the beginning parts of that game where you just leave a, a mm-hmm. camera around with uh, with night vision so you can try to see the ghost orb. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. You know, he wasn't overly reliant. There, the, the film... <laughs> wasn't overly reliant on, you know, like secondhand footage. You know, it was pretty good. I just, uh, I mean, I keep going back to this shitty roommate trope, man. Like he's just standing over sleeping, uh, Walters, uh, just like Dick in his face, like basically just teabag him. I, the, the whole, he just seemed like so unnecessarily shitty. Hey, Walter, you forgot to clean out your bowl after you had your cereal today. Uh, I'm going to need you to clean out the bowl of cereal because uh, I don't like it when the sink is full. What uh, voice is that you're doing? That was the roommate voice. That is the typical roommate demon voice. Yes. I, I have to learn all Dan's character voices. I'm going to start, I'm gonna start making, a, <laughs> making a list. I, I'm going to compile like, do, do you think this, this roommate is into... Um, I don't know, either D&D or maybe even uh, Magic the Gathering. All right, we're going to move <laughs> on. Um, so probably because that was a very socially awkward thing to do. Um, so I'm going to say, yes, he definitely plays D&D and Magic. Um, anyway. Uh, hit me with an anyway. Anyway. So Walter... He, he rewinds the tape to see where this demon came from, where this, where dad ass came from. And he sees that it crawled out from under his bed and like very contorted. The contortion in this movie really freaked me out. Like, I don't know, body contortions, like in horror movies kind of like creep me out when I see them. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it did a good job with that. Yep. Um, so Walter runs, he drops the camera and Oh, and then, sorry, he sees the demon 
walk to the closet. So it opens the closet and it steps in and then it closes it. So Walter freaks out. He's like, okay, this thing isn't here. And he drops the camera, which I thought we were going to get something really cool with that camera. And we didn't like, cause the camera was pointed behind him as he was getting a gun mm-hmm. and nothing showed up behind him at all. Right. Like I, I thought that the camera, I, was, I was waiting for something. I was waiting for any, some kind of jump scare. Cause it seemed like the perfect moment for it. I was so disappointed. I guess you know, maybe it was a little bit of, bit of misdirection. I think the reason we didn't see anything behind it, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, but the reason we didn't stand behind him in the camera was because the creatures, demons, could only be seen in certain lighting, and the lighting was dark behind him, so that's why it couldn't be seen. Yeah, so I think that's why we didn't see anything. So we, so Walter runs to, not runs, he steadily walks to the closet with the gun pointed at it. And he opens the doors and there's nothing in there. So naturally, he closes the doors and turns around and starts looking at the camera again because he's very confused. And the door opens and Houdini pops out and he slowly crawls towards him. And Walter sees him in the reflection of the gun. And he goes to reach for the gun, but the demon shitty roommate uh, reaches for the gun instead and he screams and it cuts away and now we are watching a little boy uh and the little boy's playing soccer with his friends the little boy loses his soccer ball in walter's yard so he runs over uh there's a spigot he takes a drink of water and he picks up his soccer ball and we see the curtains of Walter's house kind of kind of cracked a little bit. And he's like, he's like, hey, uh, get off of my property. Get out of here. You got to you got to run. You got to get out of here. And the kid's backing up slowly as Walter is yelling at him to get out of there. And a bus hits him and he dies. I, oh, yeah. I don't want to say the kid deserved it, but he was stealing that man's water. I'm just saying. It's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I think it's a good point. I think it's a good point. Look, we have to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> okay, I'm glad I now know your line. Is a kid taking water from that wasn't my spigot. line. That was Kyle's that was my line. line. I'm just I was just oh. backing him up. Okay, oh, wow. I'm glad I know both of your lines is never to take water from your spigot. Otherwise, I will get justifiably hit by a bus. Well, Mike, yeah, I was, was that a pun? What's you were just back. Was that a pun? You were just backing <laughs> him up. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I that. Yeah, it was. Dude, before we talk about the the little boy anymore, can like real quick, we go back to that jump scare because, like, I feel like you know, if you see the you know the. Uh, the cover for this film, the cover art, this is clearly kind of like the title character is this, you know, demon shitty roommate as we've dubbed him, you know, and we get that, we get that kind of slow build intense build, right, right as he sees the, the reflection in the gun. And then he just kind of like sneaks up behind him and we just get close up on the scream on Walter. And then the scene transitions, but I just wanted to know, does anyone know what Spanish, 
what the Spanish term for swiggity swooty is. Like, cause that's definitely what I felt. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only appropriate response I could think of. All, all I can think of now, whenever I'm talking about the, like as of this very second, all I can think of is really shitty lines that the roommate's probably saying as he does things like, Hey, did you ask permission before you borrowed my gun? <laughs> so the next thing that we see, right? The boy, boy dies. Uh, the bus driver runs. <laughs> He's just like, I'm out of here. <laughs> that shit was fucked up. Like he just ran off like, I got warrants. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> He's bitch. This is the fourth kid I've had this week. They're going to fire me. Did anyone, did anyone <laughs> see like everyone else's reaction there? Like everyone else was just kind of like, oh man, that kid got hit, didn't he? And like Juan's the only one who reacted was like, oh my God, we got to call someone. And everyone else is just like, damn, my coffee's getting cold. I go. Yeah, well, to, to be fair, the people that saw this accident happen were saying, well, the kid did take the water, so justifiably. <laughs> I, I go back to my, like, art piece kind of comment from, from earlier when, they, um, when our, our original main character uh, is murdered in the shower. It, it looks like everyone's just looking like, oh, is that what child death looks like? Oh, yeah. All right. All right. And then this guy's like, he's fucking dead. He's dead. Call the police. <laughs> they're just kind of taking it all in you're saying yeah. like they're like oh wow the color <laughs> the color contrast correct and he's just standing there like is anyone gonna go chase down you know the bus driver that's running mm-hmm. away the essential you know murderer in this scenario we're just gonna let him run off and just you know stand here okay and also the child's mother didn't even really seem all that concerned at first either like she just kind of comes out like oh is that my son just laying in the street again mm-hmm. He steals somebody's water. Yeah, Alicia was definitely like, he stole some water. I mean, she is shown mourning, and there's like, <laughs> so this leads us into that scene, actually. So she's shown mourning. She just puts on some sunglasses and some black clothes and is like, yeah, I'm sad. And uh, Juan and uh, Claire are walking with her, and there's a cop there. Um, so the next scene has the cop, whose name is Funes and he calls his friend Jano about something weird that's happening. Um, and then we cut forward a little bit, and I'm gonna. This is gonna. It this this part of the movie kind of jumps all over the place. So if I jump all over the place, um, I'm trying to say it in like a cohesive manner. So, um, the boy. The next thing that happens is this zombie boy. He basically goes back home. And Alicia, the mother, loses her mind. Um, Jano comes to the house. And Funes, the cop, proceeds to explain to Jano that the boy just showed up. And he's sitting at the kitchen table with a nice bowl of, of, uh, looks like Fruit Loops or or something. And bowl milk. uh, And they come up with this really Scooby-Doo plan uh, that takes way too long for them to come up with. And uh, Jono and Funes agree that they need to move the body at night. And uh, they notice that when the lights are out, that the boy begins to move around. Um, 
So their Scooby-Doo plan involves them moving him at night and they're going to get some concrete and they're going to bury him so he can never come out again. And they don't want to let Alicia know. They're just going to gaslight her and tell her that none of this ever happened. They're like, ah, oh, it's fine. You're just mourning. Don't worry. You were hallucinating. So, yeah. So this is where, like, you start kind of getting the inference that there's there's like some shit going down across the neighborhood, which is cool. Like, um, you know, it's it's a slow build. Right. And and bear in mind, this is a foreign film. Right. So it's it's a little harder to keep up. You know, you're trying to you're trying to take in the imagery while, you know, trying to read the subtitles. So this isn't like a, a cut and dry movie. Like, you know, it's not just zombies or it's not like a singular monster. There is a story that they're trying to develop. It's a little harder to keep with. But that whole that whole portion where, like, you know, it's clear that the little boy is trying to get back inside and then, it, you know, you shoot to the front of the house and there's footprints like going up the exterior walls and then they go into the house and that motherfucker's just sitting there at the kitchen table looking extra crispy. That that one fucked me up a little bit. If there's anything in this movie that I was like, God damn, that was it. Yeah, that was a really creepy scene just because it had all the the muddy footprints through the house and it like leads you through the house into the kitchen where you see like the dead still zombie boy body sitting at the, just like posted up at the table, like Dan said with his tricks and his glass of milk. Yeah. I, I did appreciate moving forward in the next couple of scenes that the, the, the muddy footprints are kind of strewn about in different places that they could have just skipped that. You could have just like inferred that the dude like walked up to the front door, but they, they put it in like little places like on the, uh, on the fence in a, in a few seconds when we get to that scene and uh, you know, walking up towards the house where it, they didn't say like, Oh, there are more footprints. It was just kind of there. So I thought that I appreciated that. Jono goes outside and he, Dr. Albrecht is just there. She finally takes an interest and she's like, huh, I would like to take some pictures of this house. It doesn't really make any sense, especially since taking into consideration that they never got his information because they just kept shutting him down. So how did they even know where she had to go? Call her ID, baby. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Um, So so Dr. Albrecht is there taking pictures of Walter's place and meets Funes and Jono. Jono's like, I'm a big fan of yours. I do the same type of thing. And we figure out that in a long story short, we figure out that they are uh, both like ghost hunters, kind of supernatural uh, scientists that call themselves doctors. Um, so meanwhile, meanwhile, back at the house, <laughs> the dead boy's friend that he was playing soccer with uh, finds the dead boy uh, sitting at the table. And since the lights are out, uh-oh, he turns his head and looks at his friend. The friend screams. He takes a picture of the kid and he runs away. And we just hear the scream. And I already talked about this as a Scooby-Doo plan. Uh, they go more Scooby-Doo. And they're like, um, Dr. Albrecht, Jono, and uh, Funes. They're like, oh, zoinks, guys. Let's put him in the freezer. So they like shove him in a freezer. <laughs> That's exactly right, mm-hmm. man. Like, why is that your first instinct? You're just like, wait, uh-oh, something bad's happening. Let's just put him in the freezer. But they do hey, they do top it off with the plant. <laughs> put a plant yeah, on that top. plant was going to hold that thing down. <laughs> but I do think the reason that they put him in the freezer is because 
at some point just before this, the milk class got knocked over and they were trying to go this thing into starting to move again because it was the only way the milk class could have gotten knocked over. So they know this thing is mobile still and it's just like sitting there to, I don't know what the reason for him just staying there when people around him are, but that's why they tried to stick him in the freezer just to keep him from running off. It again. was something about the dark. They did say, don't ever turn off the lights again. So mm-hmm. I, I think something with, you know, uh, spirits and the dark and, and whatnot, I think was a, a big piece in this. Dude. And, and what a recruitment effort on, uh, who, who's the elderly gentleman that Funes brought in? Jono. Jono. What a recruitment effort on Jono's part, because he basically walked up to the doctor and that was like, the most professional adult exchange of, Hey, you want to see a dead body? (laughs) It totally worked. She was was in. Yeah. Uh, Did anybody else catch like the low key sass from Aubrey? Is pretty much John says to her, did you happen to read my book? And she's like, well, the cover was well made. So that was just (laughs) some real low key sass to Jono on that one. I just love that how like we're watching Argentinian ghost hunters form in real life. Like that's that's like the underlying plot of this movie. If if they had changed the music a little bit and just made it more like upbeat and kind of uh, like macho sounding, it could have been like a whole team forming of like the A team coming together, and <laughs> you just had these guys like bum bum. bum. Oh my god, I would love that. Argentinian paranormal Avengers, go! Exactly. <laughs> There is no A team without Booker, not Booker, T, <laughs> Mr. T, <laughs> without Booker T. Nope, nope, you said nope. it. Yeah, can, can you dig that sucker? <laughs> five time, five time, five time, five time, five time, go start the champion. <laughs> so, I, apparently, Dr. Albrecht has finally taken interest in walter's case now that walter is no longer with us um it only took someone not walter to uh coerce them in as you guys have said uh so after they've done this scooby-doo antic we are done with the little boy's zombie body and we seamlessly cut back to juan in the institution um or wherever he is we never learned and uh, we now know that it's Dr. Albrick, Jono, and their friend, who we still don't know who he is. Uh, I do have his name, but we still haven't heard his name yet, sitting in front of them. Uh, they tell Juan that they need papers so that they can have them signed, so that they can go investigate his house. And he does. So all three of them, with Funes, go to the different places. Uh, so Juan goes to... Uh, I'm sorry. Um, I'll tell you where they all go. Dr. Albrecht goes to Walter's. No, no, no. Dr. Albrecht goes to Juan's house. Jono goes to Alicia's house. And the friend who we learn's name is Dr. Rosentock goes to Walter's house to go investigate. Everybody loved the way that everybody said his name, right? Dr. Rosentock. I just, I loved (laughs) it. I loved it, man. Hey, let's split up, gang. Like <laughs> it, it's it's, it's dead on. Uh-huh. Step one of spooky ghost hunting: split up, cover more ground, be alone, 
be in the dark. Spooky ghost hunting 101. Dude, there, there were several houses, man. Like, it might have been a little more time-consuming, but I think it would have been equally economically or equally economical just to, like, tackle this thing as a group. At least groups of two, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also really like that we got these kind of, I'll say a little elaborate background stories for Jono and Dr. Albrecht. We at least got to know them. Dr. Rosentalk, they were just like, I'm sorry, Dr. Rosentalk. He, they just threw him in there and they were just like, oh yeah, and then there's Dr. Rosentalk too. Yeah, he's the... Uh, What's his deal? He's a doctor. He's the English fellow who kind of speaks Spanish. And they they kept bringing that up. I actually, I appreciated the inter- the... the exchanges between the characters and dr rosentock because he he speaks definitely fluent enough spanish but he would come up with a word every once in a while and be looking for it and the characters would be like oh you mean this word and they're like yeah, yeah okay and there was no like ridicule or anything they're like okay cool this guy speaks it was nice it was a cool exchange uh, multiple times. <laughs> yeah. i appreciated it so a bunch of uh, i'm gonna skip through this um and we we can talk about what exactly happens but a bunch of scary things happen uh like Dr. Rosentalk gets stabbed by a ghost knife and is very excited about it and doesn't react in an appropriate way. He's just kind of like, <laughs> Funes is like, I'm going to shoot whatever that thing is that's stabbing you through there. And he's like, no, don't. It's sucking. <laughs> yeah. I, wow. Yeah. He's just, it's sucking. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated the special effect with the magnetic spoons and, and knives and forks and stuff like that. And then when, when the thing started sucking his blood, I was like, hmm. And they gave it the, the straw at the bottom of like a, a Sunday, like the <laughs> sounds. Yeah, they did. I, I wanted them to have like this jokey like attitude towards it. Like, oh my God, it's sucking me. I wanted the other guy to be like, ah, you would know, player. Ah, and they just <laughs> oh, go like, God, ah, it's cool. ah. <laughs> but, No, but for real, something is, is, is absolutely sucking my blood. <laughs> no, but, but, but we, for we real, should just really address it. this. <laughs> Dude, no, visually there was some, there was some cool shit going on, man. So like old girl, uh, the, uh, the, the doctor, she's setting up it. Yes, Dr. Albert, thank you. Uh, is she setting up what looks to be like a ghost sexton? Like it's it's like mm-hmm. this dangling, you know, a dangling like uh, diamond or, or some sort of stone um, with like counterweights. Like a yeah, like a pendulum. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. And no, like, yeah, they were doing a lot of adventurous things visually. They were taking black lights and seeing a ton of jizz smeared all over a wall. I can only assume that's what that was. Uh, that was, it was ectoplasm. Yes, I was going to say, uh, yeah. from my time playing uh, uh, the, the game that we, we've been enjoying, uh, Phasmophobia, that's a that's a ghost spectral fingerprint on the wall, uh, thanks to the, uh, it, yeah, and then they had the, the spirit box that they were talk, trying to talk to the ghost. They had some weird sounds coming from it. I actually liked all this setup. It was pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's it's cool. That's what I'll tell my wife when if she ever takes a black light to my to my room. Yeah, it's a it's It's a spooky ghost. It's ecto it's ectoplasm. It's ectoplasm everywhere. I I can't cook dinner tonight. Oh no 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 no! You don't. I have to clean the ectoplasm off the wall again. I don't know why it keeps happening. Oh, darn. So some of the other scary stuff that happens is the pendulum that Jarvis was talking about. It stops moving. There's a lamp that moves across the floor. 
Uh, Jono gets shoved into a dresser at one point with his eyes gouged out, and he says, and I quote, Help, there are shards of glass in my eye. <laughs> yeah, I, that was actually, that was a weird scene. I thought it was going to be a jump scare. It was just kind of creepy when they, when he starts ripping off the, um, off the back of that, that curio cabinet thing. Uh, it, it was weird. I, I thought it was, it was a good use of scene. Um, I also, I, I, there, there was a lot of parts of this. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I was upset by it. Like, I, I really thought, like, John was kind of a bigger character than what that death kind of gave him, you know? Like, I, I really felt like the focus wasn't on him during that. And I don't know if they were just trying to build suspense or, you know, make it scarier when, um, like, a Funes finds him. But I don't know. Like, I, I, I felt like it was it was not executed correctly. Yes. Yeah, I... I was going to say, I actually like the, the jump scare actually got me on that one. Uh, there he's looking through the window and he's like pound, he's bouncing back and forth between the, the leaded pieces of glass or whatever you want to call it, like the little, uh, uh, lines in the glass. And he sees the, the demon or whatever in one side and doesn't see it the other side. And he's like, I don't know why I can't see it, but I can. And then, uh, it like looks away for a second and then there's the spooky ghost thing. And that, that one actually got me. I was like, ah, fuck. Oh yeah. That got me, that got me pretty good. Yeah, my wife, my wife is straight up on some fuck this shit at that point. She was like, nope, done, done. <laughs> She's like, my chest hurts. I don't want to do this. Goodbye. And yeah, I was stuck alone after that point. Speaking of chest hurting, uh, let's cut back to uh, what happens to Funes. So Funes, um, after the guy gets stabbed in the hand, this was the funniest scene to me. After Funes gets stabbed in the hand, Funes, um, Dr. Rosentalk is like, Dr. Rosentalk is like, Oh, you have to clean up the blood. And we get the most dramatic music to him windexing the floor <laughs> and cleaning. <laughs> like we get the violin screeching like. As he's just wiping the floor. And nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yep, nothing happens. He's just cleaning. <laughs> um, I, I thought that was the funniest. Every scene with but... him in the in the beginning part, at least this this area, was very funny because he was absolutely terrified. And he kept on going up and just saying something to the effect of, you know, my, my condition, I, I, I can't be here. My, my condition. <laughs> so, cause at, at some point in the movie, he does mention that he's two months away from retirement. And that was like, oh, well, he's going to die. Cause oh, it, whenever fun. a cop in a movie says X amount of time away from retirement, you know, it's not going to end well for them. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. He put a timer on his back the second he said that. And Funes does say he's very scared. And, um, he actually begins not in a comedic fashion, but like I'm skipping forward a little bit. He's running back and forth between all these places. So he's the one who finds Jono shoved in to the um, to the entertainment center or whatever uh, the dresser. Uh, he's the one, and um, he eventually runs to go see um, Doctor Albrecht. Um, so he's running back and forth. So he's the one that we're seeing all this through. Uh, in the midst of all this, Doctor Rosentalk shows Funes. Uh, at one point, he runs back to prison talk. He shows Funes uh, with a weird smile that we see things from different perspectives. Um, so, like, he shows him under Walter's bed like we did earlier in the movie, and we see nothing. But then he goes to the back of the bed, and we see these really weird feet that are under there. And Funes freaks out seeing the demon. Uh, it was very creepy, uh, I will say. That was very Yeah. Creepy. I agree. 
Um, and when uh, Rosentalk, <laughs> this was another really funny part. So Rosentalk gets onto the microphone. Uh, Funes runs out of the house because he needs a breath because of his condition. He's really having trouble. Um, it's a heart condition, by the way. I don't know if we actually said that, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, but Rosenthal gets on his radio and he's like, Dr. Albrecht, oh my gosh, I found this. I I can't believe it. I've seen these things. And she's like, that's great. I'm so happy for you. What do you want to do with this information? And he goes, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, my my favorite scenes are are coming up with with, uh, Dr. Albrecht. I I loved this whole next exchange. Absolutely. Real quick, like, did anyone think... Like what? What did? What are everyone's thoughts on like the idea of like the angles of like the light? I guess light exposure exposes the demons. Um, like they they try to explain it in a second about uh she calls it like the orange theory or whatever where it's like pieces of the orange are touching up against each other and that's where we have like universes or like different alternate universes that are touching or something like that and if we look in certain ways we can see to those uh alternate universes or whatever um i i was all about this movie and then i think this is where i was just like i don't know how i feel about that explanation so i'm a little yeah yeah Yeah. that's exactly how i felt i wish it just kind of stayed more as like it's just like a demonic possession instead of like no there's a scientific reason behind it and i'm like no that's the thing is don't you try don't you try and Green Lantern this. Don't you try and make it a science thing. I, I didn't mind the scientific approach. It just seemed, I don't know. I don't think it was played out well enough. I, I, something something about it just didn't like pull me in because we've had some other spooky movies where it was all science-based or whatever, but like this one just... Was it her deadpan delivery maybe. ever? <laughs> I, like, I like the scientific method like thrown into this and like it's like this is not new. This is something we've seen time and time again, but... Like the key difference is they find like a way to see the parallel dimension, not just be like, oh, you don't see him move three inches to the right. There he is. Right. That's it. They you know, I, I, I hear you. Yeah. They could have had like a magnifying glass that they could magically see through or something, but it, it didn't turn out that way. And then they had um, they had the, they had the ghost sexton, which which offered nothing. I mean, I agree. I think it's a good concept. It's just like movie making wise, you could have something that's both there and not there at the same time. But it can it wasn't exactly executed the most perfect way because it was more of a plot convenience in some points. Like the window, which was a cool scene where he went through one pane, but the light was hitting it one way. and He was able to see this thing in the house across the street. And he moves over about like, uh, he said three inches and he could not see it for the other pain. So it does build the tension in the movie, but at the same time, it's more of a divisive convenience where it does it's not coherent and yeah. consistent throughout the whole thing. Precisely. Yeah, because Dr. Albrecht, uh, she's casually just like, hey, sometimes what we see isn't real. And then she gets her neck snapped and pulled into this other universe, I guess. <laughs> I want your head now. It is mine. Uh, yeah, uh, that was. Her ca- yeah, go ahead. 
Her kappa was detained. <laughs> yeah, it it just like it, the ghost ripped ripped her head sort of off and yanks her in. But it was like it was anticlimactic because it, it was supposed to be spooky. But then it was just kind of like she was like, well, you know, not everything you see is real. And then she definitely really dies and gets yoinked into another dungeon. <laughs> Because that was a lot of this movie when she was on the radio with everybody else that was doing the experiments. And she was like, yeah, that's fine. You just got to keep going. And she wasn't like taking anything seriously. And like in the last like third of the movie, when all of a sudden she's like, oh, really? That really happened? That's great. We need to take this research and finish our experiment. So it just took a while for her to yeah. take what was going on seriously. We can't just, do that with your next man. <laughs> I think this movie would have been really good. Or sorry, to, I, I think this movie would be pretty good with somebody who is in the whatever profession, if it's a real thing, uh, to actually hunt ghosts. Doing like a uh, like a director's commentary and like, oh yeah, that's actually something we really do. It's a <laughs> have, have you ever watched like a ghost hunters show? The worst ago. part is where they try and commentate on what they're doing. This is where we set up the heat vision cameras well, in the basement of the abandoned cemetery. Well, because um, I, as far as I'm aware, ghosts are unfortunately not real, um, or at least they're not easily found by people, I suppose. But like all the shows, they they just hype it up and it's, it's kind of garbage TV. But I would have liked to see if like what they're doing in quote unquote reality uh, is what they're doing in the movie. So I don't know. I, I, it could have been. It could have been a like the best film for ghost hunters to be like, this is what we do, guys. Um, but it just it, it fell flat for whatever reason. I don't know. Do you think ghost hunters would brag about being ghost hunters? Yes. No, yes. let me answer around question. Yes, they would. <laughs> the, person, the type of person who decides to be a ghost hunter would make sure they tell everybody they've ever met that they are a ghost hunter. I was going to say, was that a rhetorical question or... <laughs> Yeah. Did did anyone like everyone noticed like the hole in the wall that she's peering through the other dimension like for, was progressively widening? Yes. Like I just okay, so I'm going to do this and I I know one one I know there's more. But I was just like, man, boy, that hole sure is wide. Wow, I'm, I wonder how many hands she could fit in there. <laughs> oh man, somebody really <laughs> needs to plug some caulk in that crack. Yeah. I <laughs> I I just don't know why she felt the need to put her head near a creepy crack like that close. She she was like in there, especially since she could say like, by the way, like you can see that there's someone there, which I'm pretty sure was I. I think it was Walter, or yes. like the now yeah, it was Walter in the wall. So she's like, huh, this giant gaping hole. I see, you know, this demonic creature from another dimension. So I'm gonna be right. I'm gonna be right here. Yeah. Right now, she. Uh, this is this is where when we do play phasmophobia, this is usually where Dan and I go. Okay, bye, 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 and we just <laughs> we, we leave whatever <laughs> they're doing in the game because it's absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Um, it, it like I said, it just kind of it, it falls flat. Weird points. I don't know, man. Um, I I, I do like moving forward with with the movie. At, um, with uh, I, I guess our uh, with Funes in the next couple oh. scenes, yeah. Yeah, so so just like you guys were just saying, so she gets her, they go back, uh, Funus goes back, talks to Dr. Albrecht. Uh, they, she obviously has her neck snapped, as we've just talked about. Um, 
and um, Funa sees the demon, and it... I'm sorry. No, that's not what happened next. What happens next is Funa falls to the ground, and he has a massive heart attack. Not just a small one. It's a massive heart attack. Like, he's struggling to breathe. He's choking. He's gripping. He, like, can't move his hands. They, like, clam up on him. Mm-hmm. He's like, like, this dude is going to die in, like, mm-hmm. a minute if he doesn't get medical attention. And at the same time, we got a demon popping out of this crack like Ace Ventura when nature calls coming out of the rhino's <laughs> ass. And it's just crawling towards him. Um, And, like, progressing this, like, nothing ends up happening to Funes. He ends up, uh, the demon isn't there anymore. And another comedic part, to me at least, the... Alicia appears in the house and she's like, um, he's like, I really need medical attention. I need help. Please let's go. And she's like, Hmm, you were going to bury my kid, weren't you? And he's like, it's, it's not time for a monologue. And she's like, I'm going to do a monologue. Like, <laughs> <dying>. <laughs> yeah, That was a pretty funny scene. Um, Who's driving the car? Oh, it's monologue time. (laughs) (laughs) But he asks her again, and she finally caves in. She's like, all right, fine, let's go. So she doesn't help him up. He has to do everything on his own, because apparently this man has that much strength after having a massive heart attack that he could just get up and walk about. I'm going to keep saying the massive heart attack, because none of this makes sense past this point for a few minutes. He kind of cures it by having a cigarette. Yes, we're going to get there. Um, (laughs) I mean, that's probably why I will never quit smoking just because I've never had a heart attack and I continue to smoke. So as long as I continue to smoke, I'll never have a heart attack. So he, him and Alicia are walking out to her car. And then as he gets out there, he sees the little boy is back in the car and she's like, I wasn't going to let you take him from me. And she starts spouting off. She's clearly lost her mind. What like any person would if their child died and they came back to life um so she's she's like screaming at him but he has the strength to run away and go get into his own car and start and get ready to drive away but not before hate this face uh not before we see dr albrecht's decapitated head the head is hanging off of her body Mm -hmm. and she sprints up to the side of his car pounding on it saying you can still save us yeah basically she was saying like that she and the other people are stuck in with with these demon things and being tortured and that was like that that's the one of the scenes that got me because they're just so creepy because she was like upside down and coming right at the car and yeah that was one of the scenes that got me it came out of nowhere yeah yeah, it, it kind of came into focus and you you just see like this giant mass running out of focus. And then e- even in focus, you're still like, what in the fuck is this? And then you realize, yeah, it's it's Dr. Albrecht. But, it, you know, yeah, kind of cool, I guess. I love when Funes, Funes sees the body of the little boy in the backseat and he's just like, um, I'll get the next one. Thanks. I'll take my own card. That, I'm good. Thanks. Check, please. so funes uh with the strength of a normal man and not one that had a major heart attack drives away 
in a completely normal fashion. No car accident. And he's fine. And he drives over to uh, open field. He's out of the neighborhood. And he enjoys a nice cigarette, seeing that his phone is dead. And he calls a deputy. The deputy went to the neighborhood for some reason. Um, and he tells them, get out of there. That's an order. I don't want you there. And it takes a little bit for the deputy to respond, but he eventually comes back and he's like, okay, fine. I'm going to leave. And um, Funes, with the strength of a normal man, drives back to the neighborhood because he's like, I'm not fucking done with this house. And he goes at diehard fashion, pulls out a pulls out a can of gas that he got because and takes it into Alicia's house. And he finds Alicia has hung herself um, and he pours gas on her and on the house because he knows that she's going to change too and they're going to take over her body and he lights it on fire. Well, he tries. Yeah, he definitely tries. Um, did you get where did you mention about the, uh, the boy's face showing up in the door and slamming it on him? No, I didn't even mention that, but go ahead. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Because it 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 scared me, but then I also just thought like the kid was just like, "Leave me alone! I'm baiting." <laughs> Get out! Boom! Yeah, I, I I did write that down. Get out, Dad! <laughs> I'm playing with my lejos. I don't think they pronounce these, but but no, I, you know what? A really nice touch in that whole that whole scene was like he's when he's trying to like the match. And he's 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 tried like three or four times, and this man is like a a lifetime smoker, like, and he's just like, what is happening? Why can I? It's not windy. Why am I not lighting this match? And then he moves two feet, he moves his head or two inches to the right, and there is the doctor, or yeah, his good friend, um, Jono, his name, Jono, Jono, Jono is blowing out the matches, and I was like, oh shit. Which, I, you know, I thought it was a nice touch. And then he elects to use his uh, sidearm. Uh, he shoots the gasoline, and that's what starts the fire. First off, no. That, that is not a thing yeah. that would happen. I was say, but, didn't Mythbusters uh, bust that? They absolutely did. Several ways. So this movie's all lies, and you can't shoot gasoline Wait. to catch it on fire? Demons aren't real? No, they're they're real. It's just this one scene is incorrect. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. thank you. Nicotine and carcinogens don't cure heart attacks. Mm, we, we don't know that. <laughs> I, don't know. I will say I like. So I, I will like, continue my research. I like Jano, like just blowing out the match. Like it's just like why won't this light? And looks over, just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Like, good. That might have been the the ghost demon just going. Yeah, that's how I imagined it. Like it was just like. Gotcha. They all just oh. become trolls. They're not. <laughs> they're not evil. They're just shitty. Yeah. And I. I also. I want to apologize to everyone because I've been saying Jano like the most. I, I feel like that's not the right way to say it. I think it's Yano. Yeah, I was gonna say get get rid and, of that J. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna say it in in the most <laughs> uncultured way possible. Jano. <laughs> Jano's blowing out damn matches, eh? A good old Jano. So Jano has his eyes bulged out, but he does. Funes uh, does manage to shoot the thing, which definitely works. I've seen it in Mission Impossible. It definitely works. 
Tom Cruise would. You do haven't seen wrong. Mission Impossible. You hate Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise what are you would do nothing about? wrong. He's a great actor, and <laughs> he, he's fantastic. I love him. He's great. Um, he's very. Yeah, anyway, so three. So we cut back, being in with Juan, and there's three new people talking to Juan, and they're saying that. Uh, they're explaining what happened and that Funes burned down the house and he fled after burning it down. Uh, he still hasn't died from the massive heart attack. And Juan, uh, then uh, as they're talking about whatever, they're talking about the case that happened to uh, the houses and to Clara. And he says, wait, is that person with you? He came in with you and he points to an empty chair and they're like, there's nothing there. And they talk a little bit more and he's like, no, 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 that guy came with you. And he points to the empty chair and the chair flies at the screen and the movie ends. Roll credits. Uh, yeah, I I didn't. The, the chair throw got me. I don't know. No. Maybe jump. I thought it was kind of. It was cheesy, but it, made I, uh, it, was <laughs> it was a childish way to end it. Yeah, I would have preferred like that. We could see what it was in the chair instead of him just describing it because. At least how they said it before, like maybe from like the angle he's sitting, like he could see it. And then since, you know, we're kind of seeing his point of view a bit, like we could see what it is. But every time they turn around, it's not there. I would have preferred that yeah. instead of just nothingness and then just cheerfulness. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It was a very, um, that was like a pull from like older horror movies, right? Or just like kind of the, I guess, cheesier not not necessarily. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's just like yeah. the ending, like 3D it's coming at your face and ending. Yeah, I, I don't know. It wasn't good. Yeah. I, I was embarrassed that it got me, but it did get me. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit it. That's fair. <laughs> uh, we all good here? Yeah, because it was Rosentalk that was in the chair. Yes, correct. Yes. I just want to touch on something that I don't think was mentioned. It might have been, but uh, that Alicia and Fuentes they had had a previous relationship, and yes, that was the motivation, I guess, of. The cop that was trying to keep everything hush hush mm-hmm. and wanted to sneak the kid out of the house, the kid's body out of the house to save the mother the grief and the shame or what not shame, but the judgment of the town after the fact. So I think that was a very important thing. And even towards the end, because she was he was begging her to go with him, but she had the kid in the back and she was like, I'm not leaving without my son. And that's when he knew she was lost and she wasn't going to be able to do anything. And that's when he leaves the two of them at the house and takes off in his car before he comes back to burn the town down. Yeah, it, it was a good use of, of the scene and it gave him motivation and everything. So like, I, I was I was cool with it and it, it made sense. And she did play a very good, uh, you know, uh, destroyed mother. broken yeah, mother. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's just um, let's go ahead and move over to cinematography. You guys are cool with that? Yeah. Cool. Uh, so I think cinematography and special effects, I think everything was pretty OK. Uh, I, know, I know it's not like a very good uh, explanation of what happened, but I think everything was well shot. The lighting was good. Uh, I didn't I wasn't confused or concerned about anything. Um, I think it was some foundy ish footage kind of thing because they were following a couple of times. But most of the time it was just like a, a third person just kind of recording, which kind of is like the TV shows that we mentioned. Um, I think the special effects were CGI was was all right. It was pretty good. Um, 
I didn't see anything that was too weird or off-putting. I don't know about you guys. I I really liked this aspect of it. I thought that it was shot very well. I thought that the uh, effects that they used, um, whether it be CGI or practical effects, um, um, I, I thought that it was all done very well. The, the effects were creepy, and ultimately that's what I was looking for in this movie. The plot's where this movie suffered for me. But if we're just talking about how it was shot and the effects at this point. Yeah. I, I love that. I'd say that demon booty was anything but practical. That demon. Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, you know, visually it, it, it was good. You know, we've, we've seen uh, some bad ones recently that kind of remind you like, you know, the, the way that a film is shot it, it it does a lot for whether or not you're going to pay attention. Um, and, and this was good. You know, it was nothing, it was nothing to be overly excited about. Um, but it was, I think it was adequately shot. Um, the effects were practical. I think they were really good. Um, and, you know, I liked some of the aesthetic choices they made, both with the effects and, you know, this, um, you know, just the, the visuals they created. I keep going back to the Sexton. I liked the ghost Sexton. Mm-hmm. I liked the concept of it. I liked the uh, like kind of like the magnetic effect mm-hmm. that was used, you know, and it wasn't done by like strings and, you know, <laughs> as, as previous movies yes. have been. <laughs> um, but no, it, it was good. It was, it was fair, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I am also on the same page. I think the movie was really well shot. I liked how they did use the, footage of Walter's camera to show what was going on or what he'd been through. It wasn't an overuse of the, I guess, outside source of camera footage, but it wasn't, it was just enough. Uh, all the scenes were pretty good. You had like the, a lot of exterior shots and you just feel like it was a real tight knit community, small town. And yeah, it was good. I liked it. Anybody else feel that? Uh, claustrophobic during this time? Or? I was going to say <laughs> wide open spaces and i don't know what the definition that word is anymore and i i also just want to praise the acting in this i i thought the actors all were pretty good yeah i mean i i don't know how well everything was spoken obviously because i don't speak spanish unfortunately but uh you know it, they seemed like they were doing the right thing the the the, the emphasis and the the emotion they portrayed was was given to me, even though I don't speak Spanish, which is good. So I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. The inflections were noticeable. It, it, it didn't seem strained or, you know, hokey at any point. It was good. Yeah. Um, I will go over to uh sound effect and music. Um, I think same thing, right? Like I, the, the music was a little overdone in my opinion, like the, the screeching violins and the, um, the generic horror movie soundtrack or whatever. But, uh, sound effects there's a lot of thumping and a lot of um i think a, a big piece of this movie is that they they do a, a very good job at uh prepping you for certain things uh without explaining it like telling it to your face like the crack in the wall like we had mentioned earlier was the crack in the wall that uh one of the other characters had noticed uh, like hey you you know you, you put a crack in my wall because of all the renovations this has been going on for some time and uh we we start to piece things together with that. And then, like we said, the, the footprints all over the place and then the sound of like thumping and, and things happening in the pipes and, and whatnot. I, I appreciated that. 
Yeah, I think I think they used a lot of like cheesy sound effects, like you're saying. And I, I mean, they were done well, but like, I, I, I don't know. I'm not big on like the violin screeching and stuff. I know that it's like used because it does give you um, what it gives like people a fear of an- feeling of anxiety when they hear it. So I know it's used for that purpose, but like, I, I just think it's overused and they used it a lot, but I'm not going to like shit on the movie for the sound effects. I think that they did everything that they did well. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this isn't the area where I think the movie struggled. Um, I, I think that those sounds were very suspenseful, like the thumping and everything. They set their scenes up well with their sounds. Um, and they always had like the one, two punch kind of like they would have the sound. And then the thing is there have the sound, the things there. Mm-hmm. So it was like a very one, two punch kind of thing with it. They did a good job of priming you, getting you ready for the spook that's going to happen. So yeah, uh, I agree. And if that's it for uh, sound and, and music, let's go ahead and go to our uh, spoopy rating scale. What you got this week, Dan? So this week is a very special one. Um, after watching the ending of this movie, I was sitting there trying to think, oh, what can we talk about? Well, I know it really upset me. And it was that heart attack that really upset me. And um, because it just didn't make any sense. So I looked online and I was like, how long would Funas have really have had to survive a heart attack? And I I mean, it definitely varies. Right. So it was kind of hard to find a specific thing. But I looked up and I found for major heart attacks um, and your chance of having anything threatening to your life uh, decreases or increases greatly after two to three hours. Um, Once you hit like six to seven hours, there's a chance that you probably won't even make it. Um, And I'm going to say that his was actually less than that. But we're going to go off of that scale. And I'm going to say, guys, off of three hours, how long would you wait to go to the hospital? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So so zero to three hours. (laughs) Um, I would say I would... I would probably for spoopy, I would probably wait like an hour and a half, I guess. Um, it, it was it caught me a couple times. The first time in a while, one of these spooky movies has actually gotten me to to jump. A couple of those jump scares were pretty good. Um, overall feeling it, it had some like it had some oomph there, but it wasn't it wasn't terrible. And then like the like we said, the going into just overall, I, I think I think a good two hours for this movie or waiting to go to the hospital is a. Uh, is worth it in my opinion. I, I I thought it was a good movie. It it was it, like I said, it fell flat towards the end, and it wasn't my favorite movie of all time. I'm not going to give it the whole three hours of waiting to go to the hospital, but I I do think it is. It was a pretty good movie, and especially for uh, an Argentinian film to make it to the U.S., I, I appreciated it. So, yeah, spooky wise, kind of the same. The few moments that I actually did jump, and I feel like with our movies. I haven't really had like a solid jump ever since uh Mike's favorite scene, uh the foot scene in Gerald's game. That no, no, do it. no more feet for no more feet. <laughs> <laughs> but um I, I yeah, I'm gonna okay, I'll wait an hour to go to the hospital for my spoop. And for the movie as a whole, maybe an hour and a half, hour forty five. It was a solid movie, but the with the whole beginning like half of the movie it was just so very like uh, nonlinear with we're jumping to so many different time points and not really explaining to you where we're at. And like, all right, I guess I'll just piece this together myself. Thanks, movie. I, I wanted to have to do mental work while 
relaxing. Um, I mean, at least in the last half of it, it was very linear and everything was happening at the same time. Um, and I know I had to disagree with you guys where uh, I didn't like the whole scientific explanation of it. I mean, yeah, it was done well, but I would have just preferred my opinion that it was just like, no, it's just some just some trolly ass demons. That's it. But on a whole, it was a good movie. It I was entertained. And uh yeah, I would suggest uh I would suggest watching it if you can deal with the subtitles. Okay, yeah. Um so I'll jump in. Uh yeah, in, in terms of of spookiness, you know, it's that uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be the first to admit that there were there were a couple points that got me, but it didn't build suspense much more than that one two punch that Dan was talking about earlier. You know, it, it really relied heavily on the jump scare. It got me once. The window scene definitely did it. Um, so you know, I, I appreciate it for that. So I'm I'll give it maybe forty five minutes on 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 that scale. Now, when we're talking about the overall, how I felt. You know, uh, just a lot of inconsistencies. It was trying to be a serious movie, and I think it did that. Um, and again, this is a foreign film. So I think a lot of what this movie showed was their, this particular market in movies trying to use, you know, consistent Western themes in the horror genre. You know, it, a lot of theme. A lot of the things in this movie seem derivative. I mean, Dr. Ruprecht, is that her, her name? I'm never going to remember it. Albrecht. Albrecht. Albrecht, yeah. Dr. Albrecht is, like, um, like as a character, she is directly from Insidious. You know, if you don't want to watch this movie, but you want, like, a, a general idea of who the characters are, Dr. Albrecht is the elderly woman from Insidious almost a hundred percent. She gives the scientific aspect, um, the light and dark, like the peering through the, you know, the, the, the prisms that we can't see to, to uncover the parallel that the universes or, you know, dimensions, it was, it was inconsistent. The, yeah, that whole light, dark thing, it, it didn't answer any questions. There was no like paranormal discovery. It was just like, there's a gaping hole in this wall. I'm just going to sit next to it. I'm going to try to talk to these things. You know, it, it, the timeline was negligible. Chris, you brought that up. Um, it was jumpy uh, in the, in the timeline. And it, for, and for what reason, I don't think it added to it. It didn't, it wasn't like us slowly uncovering a mystery with the characters. It wasn't, it was just jumping around for the sake of it. It wasn't low budget. It was just not a perfect interpretation yet. And I, I think, you know, as they continue in the market, it'll get better. But this film just didn't do it for me. Um, I will give it one out of three. Uh, well, for me, spoopy wise, I thought it was have a good tense scenes to it, but not like overly scared throughout where like in a Halloween or something or like an alien or aliens where you have a real like tenseness throughout the whole movie. It's probably about. 55 minutes to an hour because, you know, these spoopometers are an exact science. So you want to get the minute countdown correctly. Uh, overall, as a movie, I would probably give it hour and 18, hour and 20 minutes. Just because I thought it was done well. It did have a cohesive narrative. They were trying to take on a familiar genre where they do cover 
entities that are tormenting a town and the whole thing trying to get figured out by two different parties and they both have different opinions on it. And I think all the doctors that came in to do their research were done well. They seemed like they knew they, what they were doing. And yeah, it just, I thought it was a well done movie. I've seen better in the same genre, but there's a lot, like we said, there's a lot worse movies out there and it was nice to have a good movie to watch this week. I feel, all right, so spoopiness, I, I thought that it had some good scares. Like I said, I think that that's what this movie did well. Um, and I was going to go higher, but I, I agree with your guys' points. So you guys kind of changed my mind a little bit. And I'm going to give it a one out of three. I would wait one hour, and then I got to go to the hospital. I can't give it the full three hours. Um, it, there were definitely parts that made me jump. And horror movies don't really do that to me that much. They either make me feel uncomfortable, or I don't really react to them. So to make me jump, that it did a pretty good job. Um, with that being said, as a movie overall, I think there's a lot of points that you guys have made that are super valid. Um, inconsistencies, like Jarvis was saying, I didn't like the science aspect. Like Chris was saying, I, I would rather if it's a if it's a ghost movie, just let it be a ghost movie. If it's a demon movie with like spirits coming through a dimensional portal, like just let it be what it is. You know, like we're we're watching a horror movie. We're not watching like this isn't Get Out. This isn't some like big <laughs> big like elaborate thing where like we're getting a bigger message from it like this is an hour and 27 minute movie where like we're, we're watching it for what we know it is um with that said moving to character development i don't think that was there so like how you guys said that it didn't really have tense moments in it like i think that that contributes to it right like i didn't care about the characters that much mm. and if they would have spent less time on the really boring middle part with the little boy and developed more about the house and given it more of that. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of or read it, but there's a book called um, House of Leaves where it kind of explores the idea of like a guy's closet and like how it's bigger than it should be and like it's kind of like dimensional. And I wish that they would have gone in like more of that direction and explored the houses. And I think that that would have allowed them to build character build more narrative around these ideas. Um, but instead we're left with like two, two stories where they're kind of like just there and it, it doesn't, it doesn't add to anything. So I think that that really hurt the story. I wish that they just would have focused on one or the other. Um, so with, with that being said, um, Oh, and then the story is just like Jarvis said, it's inconsistent. So like there, there's there's just some parts where it's just like that doesn't make any sense what even like with me suspending disbelief i can only do that for so long um this guy's having a heart attack i'll just keep going back to that as my primary example but like that that doesn't make any sense he should have been dead did he die like i don't yeah i, I don't i don't get it so i'm gonna give it a um for my overall i'm gonna give it a one i think it's fun to watch but like I watched it twice, my second watch through, I was just kind of like, eh, I don't need to watch this again. Like I was kind of turned off from it. But I will tell you guys, this goes for you guys. Uh, I've read that Guillermo del Toro is doing a remake of this. Um, oh, yeah. Be fun. What? Yeah, uh, he's producing it. So I'm I'm excited Still about don't that. Care. And I've also heard that the director, Demian Rugna, is uh, 
I still don't know if I said his name right. I just tried it a different way. But he's doing a second part of this. So maybe he'll build on it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm interested in that because like you, you guys put up great points. But I, I think I think this was a movie that I wasn't upset to watch. Maybe it's because of our recent string of mediocre movies. But I, I would say give it a shot if you don't like it in the first, you know, 20 minutes or so. Then, yeah, just walk away. You're not going to miss too much. But like, I, I think it's worth continuing through and just kind of rolling with especially if they're gonna do a second one or Guillermo del Toro is gonna to do his thing so I'd be down to see them build on it because they left easter eggs they were like oh we heard something happened in America mm-hmm. like the the scientific uh, you know this the idea that they could use science to try to figure out like what these dimensional portals mean you know and it's happening everywhere like this could be a much bigger story than it was but I felt really claustrophobic in this limited story. (laughs) Now that you do say that, I can very easily see them, them doing an American version of this movie, them taking that line from, oh, the same thing was going on in America. And then them showing the American version, what was going on in America. Yeah. In that. Like as a prequel or, or even. A prequel or Italian, like a side by side concurrent running movie. And then say, oh, yeah, well, at the end of that, we say, well, we heard about this thing down in Argentina, which is going on. And then cut to this movie. Kind of like The Thing did. is like the remake or reboot of The Thing that came out a couple of years ago was like a direct prequel to the original. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think... I think there's a lot to this movie. They, they could do some stuff and they can honestly, they could even move it into more of a uh, sci- science-y thriller versus a, a horror movie. And I'd, I'd probably be okay with that too. I think that was, that, that was one of the issues you mentioned was just that it's trying to be too many things at once. Um, and it, it did good at pieces of it, but it didn't do great. So I don't know. It, it was it's worth my time. I think it might be worth your time if you're listening to this and um, yeah, uh, we all good here. Yeah. All right. So uh, I do want to uh, I want to thank our uh, lovely folks who have helped us so far. Connor McLeod for our artwork and uh, Andrew Cavanaugh for our intro and outro music. Uh, You can find us on all of our Instagrams and uh, whatnot at Horrible Friends for the most part. Um, I think Twitter is Horrible Friend. Eh. And then you can get us on our our Gmail at HorribleFriends at gmail.com. And uh, beyond that, I think, Chris, what do you got? for our lovely folks at home. Thanks for stopping by and having a horrible time. <laughs>